with my father plowing to the green field by the sea. And the rooks and the crows and the seagulls will come flocking after me. I will sing to the patient horses with the lark in the shine of the earth, and my father will sing the plow song that blesses the cleaving share. I will go with my father sowing to the red field by the sea, and the rooks and the gulls and the starlings will come flocking after me. I will sing to the striding soars with a finch on the flowering slow, and my father will sing the welcome. Welcome to this day and to this gathered community of Kensington Unitarians here on Zoom. Our, our Unitarian faith, it welcomes all people of goodwill who seek a faith to guide their steps and to stir our hearts and, and to challenge our thinking. So let's gather to remind the world that it is important to explore the nature of truth. It's healthy to be uncertain and not always have the answer. And it's comforting to make connections, deep connections, connections with ourselves, connections with one another, and connections with that which we hold to be of ultimate worth. So let's take a moment to sense all those connections. And may this, this our simple chalice flame, this worldwide symbol of Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over, may it 
reminders of our oneness from which all else unfolds. If you're uh, here for the first time with us on Zoom today, well, a particular welcome to you. And uh, my hope is that you'll find something of value for you here today. Do perhaps stay behind after the service for a chat or drop us an email to introduce yourself if you'd like. Or think about coming to one of our small group gatherings during the week as they're a good way to get to know people better, I think, and find out more about us as a congregation. And if you're a regular here, well, thank you. Thank you for all that you do to build a sense of community here in this congregation. Even on Zoom, we each help to co-create our sacred space, co-create this sense of community. So whoever you are, however you are this morning, whatever has brought you here, you're welcome, just as you are. And as we uh, always say, feel free to do what you need to do to be comfortable in this hour. It's, it is lovely to see all your faces here in this gallery and to have this sense of togetherness, isn't it? But we know that some people feel much more comfortable having their cameras off and that's fine. And similarly, there'll be opportunities for you to join in um, as we go along, but there's no compulsion to do so. You can just simply sit back and rest with our blessing. Today's service is our Harvest Thanksgiving service, and it's our celebration of uh, nature's abundance. Here in uh, England, in, in early October, there's a real feeling of moving, isn't there, into what the, the poet John Keats describes as the season of mists and mellow fruitfulness. So uh, at the end of this service, we'll invite people to hold up and uh, wave perhaps a favourite fruit or vegetable or a flower, maybe, if you have one nearby. And let's hold the issues that we've heard in, in loving kindness and compassion as we move now into a time of reflection and prayer. A prayer for abundance in our world and in our lives. So you might um, first want to just adjust your position for comfort. Maybe, maybe prayer is a time when you like to close your eyes or, or soften your gaze. And there may, you may well have a particular posture that helps you feel more prayerful. Whatever works for you. Do whatever you need to do now to be in the right state of body and mind for us to pray together. To be fully present here and now in this sacred time and space. With ourselves, with each other, and with that which is both with us and beyond us. As I call on the spirit of life and of love to be with us now and to bless all that we say and do together this day. We who live in this world, we know both abundance and scarcity. So I invite you if you can this day to give thanks for the world of abundance in which we live. 
especially in autumn time here in these northern lands when so many fruit and vegetable ripen. Let's acknowledge the plenty that we have and in our hearts find a silent expression of gratitude for whatever we are glad to have received in life. Be these great gifts or small mercies, because to give thanks is a true prayer from our heart. We may well be all too aware of what we lack in life. No life can have everything it wants or needs. Many of us will have unfulfilled yearnings that perhaps point us in the direction of our hopes and our dreams. or require us to accept that we cannot always have what we want. We know the great injustices of our world, the economic inequalities, the the unequal distribution of world resources, the lack of basic provisions for far too many of the world's people. So let us be silent for a few moments together in quiet acknowledgement of all that is unjust in human society, recognizing the privileges we ourselves possess by birth or good fortune if that be so. May we be the people who work to right such wrongs. May we dedicate ourselves to a fairer sharing of all that is. May we dedicate ourselves to every person's right to clean water, adequate food and fresh air. A safe place to live and a way to be who they truly are. A place of kindness and encouragement. And in a few moments of shared silence now, let us each silently voice our own thoughts and prayers for those we know to be in need this day, including maybe ourselves. And may the words of our hearts 
be matched by the actions of our hands, working in this world of abundance. And to this aspiration, let each of us say, if we so wish, Amen. So may it be. And as we bring ourselves back to our screens now, um, there's, there's some words are going to appear on our screens. And I'm going to invite you, if you so wish, to join in speaking these words in unison with me. They're taken from a prayer written by Unitarian Universalist uh, Minister Reverend Peter Rabel. Um, I suspect they're words that have been many times adapted over the years. Um, and they express for me that understanding that we humans are bound together by ties of mutuality across the generations and uh, across the world. And so let's speak in unison, if we wish, and say, we build on foundations we did not lay. We warm ourselves by fires we did not light. We sit in the shade of trees we did not plant. We drink from wells we did not dig. We profit from persons we do not know. Together we are more than any one person could be. Together we can build across the generations. Together we can renew our hope and faith in the life that is yet to unfold. Together we can heed the call to a ministry of care and justice. We are ever bound in community. May it always be so. And that leads us into uh, the time for our first hymn. It's called A New Community. And we're going to be hearing it in a recording of one of our services in Kensington. Now, we didn't know then that we'd be playing this years later online to sing along to. So do excuse um, the extreme rustling and coughing that's going on, many of which I'm convinced is me. Um, the words are going to appear on a screen in a moment so that you can sing along or you might prefer just to listen. We'll do our best to make sure that we're all kept muted so nobody will hear us singing.
Sarah has asked me to give our reading this morning and it's about giving thanks but um, cheekily before I launch into it I'm going to take the opportunity to give a few thanks of my own. As you heard in the candles I had my ordination service on Friday night and it was quite an occasion. I, I've been a bit overwhelmed ever since. It was extremely uplifting to have over 100 friends and members of the congregation and people from summer school and heart and soul and ministry colleagues everyone gathered together for the big day and to have so many um, messages of congratulation and bunches of flowers and, and if I haven't replied to you yet I certainly will and if you weren't able to be there as Sarah said that the service is up on the YouTube channel the church YouTube channel um, for you to watch if you'd like it was um, also extremely lovely to receive the gift of a rainbow stole from the congregation and I'm looking forward to the next special occasion when I can wear it this reading we've got coming up from Max Coots it's called let us give thanks and it's about giving thanks for the wide variety of people in our lives. It chimes with some of the loveliness I felt on Friday night and the joy of seeing all those familiar faces and thinking of all the ways in which our lives have intertwined. So this is by Max Coots. Let us give thanks. Let us give thanks for a bounty of people. Let us give thanks for generous friends with hearts and smiles as bright as their blossoms for feisty friends as tart as apples, for continuous friends who like spring onions and cucumbers keep reminding us we've had them, for crotchety folk as sour as rhubarb and as indestructible, for handsome people who are as gorgeous as aubergines and elegant as artichokes, and the others as plain as potatoes and just as good for you for funny friends who are as silly as Brussels sprouts and as amusing as wriggly green beans, for serious companions as complex as cauliflowers and intricate as onions, for people as unpretentious as cabbages, as subtle as celery, as persistent as parsley, as delightful as dill, as endless as courgettes, and who, like parsnips, can be counted on to see you through the winter for old companions nodding like sunflowers in the evening time and young companions coming on fast as radishes, for loving neighbours who wind round us like tendrils and hold us despite our blights, wilts and witherings. And finally, for those friends now gone, like gardens past that have been harvested and who nurtured us in their times that we might have life thereafter. For all of these, we give thanks. Thanks for that reading, Jane. We're, uh, we're moving now into the meditative time of our gathering, um, when after a, a, a few words of introduction, First of all, we'll hold a three minute silence with our Chalice Flame video, which is an abundant apple harvest theme this week. And then that will lead into a piece of piano music to accompany a harvest slideshow. So this is seven minutes of, of meditation in total. So it's really worth getting a comfy position for yourself now. Um, this is sometimes the time some of us switch off our cameras uh, so that we can see the video 
uh, but be relaxed in doing so. And, and I often suggest just doing a little body scan to just see if there are some tensions that might be released if we could just, I don't know, straighten our backs, maybe, maybe lifting our shoulders and rolling them back and down. It's still quite early on a Sunday morning, so there are bound to be a few creaky bits, I would have thought, for most of us. And maybe maybe you're someone like me who enjoys taking one of those really deep breaths into your belly, low, low down. You can really settle as I think a breath like that in and out. And then allowing that gentle rhythm of your breathing to soften your whole being. Perhaps you enjoy a, a sense of sinking down towards the floor a little bit allowing gravity to do its work and knowing that the earth is there to hold us. And you might like to listen to these words to guide us into the stillness. In an oft unsettled world, we seek for a few moments to turn away from any noise and or confusion in our lives. We seek to enter a stillness, a stillness that resides in the depths of each of us. A stillness at the centre of all that exists. For a few moments, let us seek quiet. Quiet moments when we can pause and give thanks for our own sources of abundance. But let us pause our busyness and listen for that stillness, that stillness that rests beneath the confusion and complexity of life. A stillness that allows us to listen for whispered messages that, that we have enough, that we are enough, that there truly could be enough for everyone when we learn ways to share life's resources. Let's enjoy entering the fellowship of stillness and silence together now.
thank you, Jane, for putting together that wonderful slideshow. And uh, yeah, Jane didn't grow all of those vegetables, but I'd like to meet that man who grew that onion. I've, um, I've called this short address, um, fair shares for all. And then I've put a question mark at the uh, end of it for, and for me, that question mark, it expresses um, a rather delayed realization on my part that things will never be fair in this world. I wonder what your relationship is with the concept of fair shares. Because um, we'll all have different stories to tell, won't we, about our relationship with fairness as a concept. I'm the middle child um, of a family of five children, and I still remember our long-suffering mum counting out the chips because each of us was convinced that um, one of the others had got more than the rest of us. And I recall a particular meal where she finally lost her temper in response to my argument that actually some of the chips were longer than others and that the length of a chip actually needed to be taken into account. So you can imagine it was a marvelous day of freedom for me when I realized that I could take my own money and go down to the local chip shop on my bike and buy my own bag of chips and eat them all and not share them with anybody at all. And um, I hope, I mean, I, I guess that you've had your, your moments of liberating freedom yourself, uh, your moments of um, also, I know you will have felt those harsh pinches of life's injustices and quite possibly about an issue far worse than chips. And you'll, you'll perhaps have your memories of dawning awareness, um, your version of my lifetime's growing understanding that actually not everybody can hop on a bike and uh, go and buy their own bag of chips. Human society, at least as we've got it structured at present, it's built on injustice, isn't it? And it requires there to be haves and have nots. Over the last week here in Britain, we've been reading or hearing about perhaps what are called the Pandora Papers, the, the result of um, collaborative work between hundreds of journalists around the world who've been exposing the secret wealth and secret dealings of world leaders, politicians, billionaires. It is really worth having um, a read of some of the summation of their findings because because there are levels of injustice that, that I think we do need to know about. And there are levels of injustice that governments, to some extent, can do something about. And instead of which, some governments, including our own, are in, in effect encouraging such illicit dealings. Why are so many home people homeless here in Britain? Well, partly it's to do with our property market being inflated by money from abroad. British property is seen as a safe investment, so rich people buy houses and flats, not to live in, but simply to hold as an investment. Most of us pay our taxes dutifully, knowing that our taxation system pays for what we need for infrastructure and health services and education and care for those in need. Yet we allow the rich 
to use offshore investment companies to hide their wealth and so avoid paying taxes. I won't go on too long about all this because you already know it, don't you? Um, and you'll probably also have heard these statistics where we're asked to imagine that we live in a global village of 100 people. Um, this particular version of this exercise come from Daniel Grudy's book um, published in 2015 called Globalization, Spirituality and Justice, Navigating the Path to Peace. And um, these statistics remind us again of something we know far too well, that ours is an unfair world and that the gap between rich and poor is far too great. So I'm quoting. In our global village of 100 people, the resources are unfairly distributed, unevenly distributed. The richest person in the village has as much as the poorest 57 taken together. I'm going to repeat that one. The richest person in this village of 100 people, they have as much as the poorest 57 people taken together. 50 people do not have a reliable source of food and are hungry some of the time. 30 people suffer from malnutrition. 40 people do not have access to adequate sanitation. 31 people live in substandard housing. 31 do not have electricity. 18 are unable to read. 15 do not have access to safe drinking water. Only 16 people have access to the internet. Only 12 own a car. Three people are migrating. And only two have a college education. Overall, 19 people struggle to survive on $1 per day or less. 48 struggle to live on $2 per day or less. In brief, as the World Bank describes it, two thirds of the planet live in poverty. Now, I suspected that some of these figures would have changed since Grudy wrote this book. And um, for example, I checked and he quoted that 13% uh, of uh, people had access to the internet. So from 2015 to 2020, I think I'm accurate on this. That has gone from 13% to 59% of people having access to a mobile phone. That's an amazing improvement. And I'm gonna hold on to that statistic as an example of that's how quickly things can change for the better. Of course, things can change for the worse too. But some of these statistics I know have improved in my lifetime. More people have access to clean water, although I personally find it abhorrent that anybody should have to drink water that is not safe and clean. More girls are being educated. There are fair trade and microcredit um, projects that are really improving people's lives in developing countries. I wonder what um, improvements you're particularly aware of in the life of the world or, or what improvements are you yearning to see? Because these changes, these improvements, they came about because certain people raised our awareness of a problem. We really need to listen, don't we, to the brave people 
who lift their heads above the walls of indifference and they shout out to the rest of us that something is wrong and something could be done about it. And then the world needs the rest of us to be aware and then to do the bits that we can do to level the field. At this time of autumnal plenty, let's remember that we do have the ability to share what we have, just as nature shares her abundance with us. So I wonder what issues you are particularly concerned about at the moment. And let's remember that it really worth speaking with one another about our particular areas of concern, isn't it? Because knowing together, we can achieve so much more than we ever will alone. I know there is so much to despair of in our world. And, and I know that sometimes we can only bear witness. We can only sit and weep at life's injustices. But well, then there are days, aren't there, when our strength returns and we can roll up our sleeves and we can do what we can, joining with others in cooperation and compassion to move our world towards greater justice for all. And then it's no longer just a dream, but rather a possibility, maybe even a reality. And it will be worked together towards by all of those who care for others as well as ourselves. I say amen to that. And we'll uh, have chance to sing along or enjoy the words of our second hymn today, which is the harvest classic, uh, We Plough the Fields and Scatter. This will not reflect everybody's theology here today. Um, for me, it expresses the important reminder that we are part of a great mystery of existence here on planet Earth and that there is a, the, there's a rhythm to uh, the living of our lives within the cycles of our natural world. So it's thanks to the Unitarian Music Society for this recording. Um, do feel free to sing or simply sit back and listen and we'll try and make sure that everybody's muted and the words appear on our screen.
we now think that that wasn't the Unitarian Music Society at all. It was our congregation yet again. Um, so, yeah, I could hear individual voices in that uh, recording. It's really nice to hear people. So uh, time for some announcements now. Um, uh, big thanks go to Jane and Janine for all the background work of hosting today and to Jane for our reading and the cheery Harvest slideshow. Thanks to uh, Peter Crockford and Trevor Alexander for seasonal songs and music and to thanks to all of you for getting up and joining us this morning. It's good to have you here. Uh, next Sunday's service will be led by Jane and everybody's invited to join Tuesday's coffee morning and there are two heart and soul sessions coming up tonight and Friday on the theme of transformation. Um, you're welcome to join all of these events, uh, just get in touch. And um, the congregation's making plans for a getting to know you walk on next Sunday afternoon, the 17th of October at 2 p.m. If you can uh, be in the vicinity of uh, Holland Park, at, um, it's not gonna be a, a strenuous walk. The reason is really to get to know people um especially perhaps if you're new uh, to the church since we've been online because we really do have a life way beyond sunday mornings and we're encouraging everybody to keep in touch during the week drop each other a line and let's look out for each other as best we can particularly if we think there's somebody we've not heard from from a while or we know that somebody's feeling a bit isolated um Big thanks going out to everybody who's made a donation recently. These are tricky times for all um, charities, but it really does help. Um, donations, small and large, equally welcomed, um, and standing orders if you're able to do that. So thank you, thank you. Uh, we'll be staying afterwards for a chat if you have got time to stay. And as uh, we often do, we'll be taking a photo straight after the closing music. And we're gonna suggest we wave our fruit and vegetables or flowers if we've got anything uh, with us or simply a hand. That'll be really nice. So it's time now for our closing words. And um, those will be followed by a very short, uh, but very sweet song sung by Trevor Alexander piano played by our very own Peter Crockford. It's funny and it will appeal to any of you who've ever grown a vegetable. So I'm suggesting that we all turn to gallery view now, if you can do, on your device so that we can see each other here in community together. And our closing blessing. We build on foundations we did not lay. We warm ourselves by fires we did not light. We sit in the shade of trees we did not plant. And we drink from wells we did not dig. We profit from persons we do not know. Each of us is blessed with gifts from those who were here before us. And we have gifts to pass on to others in our turn. So in the week ahead, let's be intentional in our living, in the choices we make and the paths we take. And may our intention be to share the harvest of life more fairly with all those we meet along the way. Amen.
Go well, all of you, and blessed be. Cabbages you're wanting, or a carrot, or a bean, or a fat and juicy marrow striped with yellow and with green. If it's lettuces, or beetroot, or potatoes by the pound, or an onion, or a parsnip, there are plenty in the ground. If it's turnip tops, or parsley pots of peas and spinach too, I will dig them up, or pick them just as proper.